Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I always say, we've got a great show for you today. We have Drew Parker coming on. He's done some great things. Um, he's had some great hits out there, too, as a songwriter, but he's also doing some great things as an artist, too. And we're definitely excited to hear parts of his story and talk about music. So, Drew, are you here? I'm here. How are I'm you doing here. today? I'm fantastic. <laughs> I'm fantastic. How are you all? We're doing oh, good. doing great. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> now, I always like to start the show out, you know, we're in this rough time right now for most, for a lot of people. Um, how has COVID affected you, and how are you weave, weaving through this craziness? Man, let me be honest with you. I, it sucks because we're not out on the road playing shows, but if there's a, if there's a single person in the music business that can find a silver lining in all of this, it's me because <laughs> about the I feel like it was the week that everything shut down. It might have been the, yeah. the second week of pretty much everything mm-hmm. being shut down. I uh I had my first number one as a songwriter that week and I also oh, that wow. same week that same very very same week, me and my wife welcomed our very first child um oh, wow. into well, the congratulations. world. Congratulations. Wow. So, yeah, so all this time has just been spent, you know, continuing to write songs and that kind of thing, but just spent a lot of time with my wife and, and my daughter. So it's it's been good because I was supposed to be going on the road a lot this year and mm-hmm. was going to miss mm-hmm. out, you know, on a lot of those things with her, but it's yeah. been great. And and I'm like, wow. you, like um, when we first launched this show in January, our original plan was 80, 100 interviews first year. And that's a great – would have been a great goal to have. And I remember when the shutdown happened, I was like, Sandy, artists are going to need a place to talk. We're going to give that to them, and we're going to just – this is our time to shine. So we found a silver lining in that as we bumped the show up, and because of that, artists that probably wouldn't normally come on a show, brand new show has been coming on, which has made our show bigger. So we're growing in the midst of the crisis because of all that. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I mean, it's you know it's tough to promote music and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, and mm-hmm. when you're not interacting on a personal level with the fans, and you know it makes yeah. it tough. And it's something yeah. that a lot of us, especially me, we miss out on. And I miss being out there meeting the fans and that kind of thing. But you know, we're finding ways to still interact. And thanks to technology, I don't know what would have happened if this had happened, you know, forty, fifty Even years, 10 years ago. ago. <laughs> Imagine oh, yeah. 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. <laughs> <clears throat> so i like to get started a little light before we really dig deep in. Um, so what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? And, of course, now you've probably got more time <laughs> than before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I love the outdoors. I love to fish. I Actually, I fish in a bass tournament. once. A, I've been oh, well. fishing in a bass tournament about once a week since mm-hmm. all this happened. Um so I like to I like to be outdoors, fish, hunt, that kind of thing. I also love there's a there's a simulator called iRacing, and it's like a NASCAR simulator where you can mm-hmm. race. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. And I've I've been enjoying a lot of that. So I have oh, wow. a few different hobbies. Yeah. <clears throat> that would really be cool because I'm one of them that would like I would love that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of it's it's been a lot of fun. I tell you what, it's like. I get on there like every night, and it's just kind of the place I go, you know, mm-hmm. late at night. Just kind of forget about, you know, the pandemic and not mm-hmm. being out on the road. It's just I found kind of solace in that. So, what's funny yeah. is um, we, you know, I'll be honest. This show kind of gets me out of that mode a little bit because again, we look forward to the show. We look forward to what we wherever the conversation is going to happen with each artist. So even though we still talk a little bit about COVID in the show, it's, this is kind of our release. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is, definitely. I, I, yeah. Same, same. <laughs> I love doing these things. <laughs> so what would you say is something unusual that people don't know about, about you? Um, I actually have a degree in radiology and I'm an x-ray tech. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's yep. pretty cool. I, that was <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of. I mean, I I got a job doing that when I moved to Nashville. Uh-huh. That was kind of that was the way that I kind of 
that, that was kind of what got me here. I mean, I was going to mm-hmm. move here anyway, but it was, it was the reason, it was the way that I was able to afford to move here and pay rent. So I did mm-hmm. that, you know, for oh, wow. like the first yeah. two years of living here, I worked as an x-ray tech and that kind of helped me pay rent. <clears throat> that is pretty cool. So, um, at what age did you know that, that you were like looking in the mirror and said, "Man, this could be my career"? I mean, not not necessarily the age where you thought you'd like to do music, but the age where it clicked that you could make this a career. I'd say I was probably around mm, early twenties, like maybe twenty one, mm-hmm. twenty two. I would have been in I would have been in college at the time, and I was starting to play a lot of shows and kind of grow my music back home in Georgia. And it was something that, you know, I saw people that were kind of in the same circles as me start to move to Nashville. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, if they're doing it, maybe I could move there too. And so <laughs> oh, wow. it was just, this, it, it turned into this, how do I get to Nashville kind of thing? But it was, I would mm-hmm. say it was probably around 21 or 22. Let me, oh, wow. let me try to chase music and let me try to turn it into a career, you know? That is all. You, you know, we're actually right now based in Savannah, Georgia, but we're planning on moving to Nashville yeah. next year. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's awesome. <clears throat> so, we, you know, so we're home. I I guess I'm kind of homebred, Georgia. I mean, I moved here when I was 14. I'm 40, about tomorrow I'll be 49. So I've only known um, Savannah, Georgia pretty much my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love, I love Savannah. I, I grew up about probably – Three and a half, four hours from Savannah, but that's and that's Covington, right? Yes, sir. Okay, yep. that's what I thought. <clears throat> so, who's been some of your musical influences growing up, and who are they now? And ha- has that taste changed? Uh, I mean, for me, it was always I was always somebody who enjoyed listening to somebody who could really sing. So, mm-hmm. the Keith Whitleys of the world, Ronnie Dunn. Oh, wow. Travis Tritt, um, Vince Gill, like those kind of guys, Alan Jackson. I loved listening to those guys growing up. I mean, that's – and to this day, I mean, I, I still find myself diving into all that 90s and early 2000s country music. And it's just uh-huh. kind of what I grew up on and what I love to listen to. And, I mean, I would still say to this day those are still the guys. I mean, there's uh-huh. – guys that are out there right now that I look up to as artists that are current artists. I mean, Luke Combs, Jake yeah. Owen, um, mm-hmm. Cody Johnson, those kind of guys, you know? Yeah. We've got a 90 star coming on, on Monday, Terry McBride. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yep. That's so awesome. we're excited about that one. <laughs> that's so, that is, um, that is awesome. I was actually in a zoom meeting with Terry yesterday. <laughs> oh, that's oh, wow. <laughs> You know, it's funny because again, we never know where the conversation is going to go, and how it links right. together. But it's really cool when when you say something and then come to find out. The, I mean, you don't wouldn't believe how many times that's happened where we will say a name and the artist was just with that person or something that week. Yeah, it's it's that such a, it's such a small world. <laughs> it so, is. And speaking of that, as you know, it's tough in the music industry, and. I like to bring that side because you know a lot of people they see the glory of the Blake Sheltons, the Carries, oh, yeah. you know, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifices that it takes not just to get there, but to even to have a career <laughs> level. Yeah. And I always like to bring that side out because I think it's not talked about enough. I think that people don't understand because yeah. you, know, you hear crazy talk where people are like, well, artists need to get real jobs and stuff like that, and they don't, and people don't understand. There's sacrifice involved here. So I want to talk about that for a minute. Um, I'll tell a quick story that will help lead us where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Alice and Steele from Two Steele Girls, and at that time they were full-time with music. And one of the questions I asked Allison was, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? I'll never forget her words. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music go do that and keep music as a hobby she goes because the day you want it to be a career your life is no longer your life everybody else pretty much owns a piece of your life from that point she goes your friends and relatives they never understand because what happens is they invite you to weddings to holidays skins and you have gigs you can't you know you can't say no you can't turn down a gig when there's 20 30 people um, expecting that gig to happen. So all these people depend on you 
kids, and they don't understand that. They think, oh, this is my wedding. This is my big day. You have to be there. But if you've got a gig, there's 20, 30 people that's on the line there, so you can't just say no. <clears throat> and, they, and a lot of times they don't understand that. Then your family has to sacrifice with you being gone so much. Then on top of that, there's days where you just don't want to do it. But that night where you might be miserable, you might be sick you, and all that. But that night, if you got the gig, you just got you got to get on that stage and smile like there's no tomorrow. Then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because the only way those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit. Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's totally spot on. There, it comes a point. When you ha- when you go all in on music, um, for for me it was I I didn't want to wake up. So when I was when I I told you I was you know early twenties when I decided let me chase yeah. this as a career. Yeah. I think yeah. What came to me was I don't want to wake up when I'm thirty five years old. You know how whatever age thirty years old. Yeah. I don't want to wake mm-hmm. up and and. And beat myself over the head of man. What if you? What if you would have just tried? What? What if? You know, there's a yeah. there was a lot of what if there, and so I think I was mature enough to understand I didn't want to wake up in a, ten years and find that out. Mm. So that's when I was like, okay, let's let's do this thing. And at that age, you don't realize what you are sacrificing because you are yeah. sacrificing absolutely everything. There's not a day that I don't work. When you're a, when music is your career, every facet of of your day you're working. Whether you're working creatively, whether you're answering emails, whether you're trying mm-hmm. to figure out how do I get from this show to that show, or whether you're out on the road, loading uh-huh. in, playing the show, loading out, driving to a hotel, driving all day long. Um, at least at this at this point in my career, you know, uh, there's a mm-hmm. lot of when we're out on the road, there's a lot of driving. I mean, and we drive yeah. very far, and and we have to get, you know, we have to drive a lot of miles in a short amount of time to try to, you know, get to the show and that kind of thing for sound check or whatever. And mm-hmm. there's not a lot of people see that part of it. I mean, there were shows that I played earlier this year. I was out on the road with Luke Combs, and I mean, he's on tour buses and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But we were in a, we were in a, you know, twelve passenger Sprinter hauling our. <laughs> all our gear and everything. And there would uh-huh. be times where we would have to play the show that night, pack all our stuff up and immediately leave to at least start driving halfway towards the next venue, drive mm-hmm. till two or three in the morning till, you know, if we were too tired to slip to, to drive, find a hotel, sleep there for a few hours and then wake back up super early to finish driving to make it to the, the next venue. So, I mean, mm-hmm. man, you're sacrificing a lot, mm-hmm. not only like from that perspective of sometimes you're sacrificing sleep, all that kind of stuff, but you're sacrificing being out on the road away from your family, not being able to make it to your best friend's wedding or, you know, whatever it mm-hmm. may be. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's why I like totally to get that out on this show. Could, you have, if you could see yourself doing something else, by all means, do that. But if you can't see mm-hmm. yourself doing anything other than music, then you have to go all in, and you have to understand that you're going all in on that because mm-hmm. it takes so much hard work to make this work. And I mean, uh, hard work takes you know a lot of time too. So, and you know, on a certain level, we totally get where you're coming from. Now we don't travel the nation like y'all do, so so we don't understand that part of it, but. Again, you know, we're chasing the same type of dream y'all are with the hosts because we want to be the Bobby Bones, the Ty Bentleys out there, you know, down mm-hmm. the road. And so we're trying to work our guts out this year. And like I said, we, you know, when we when our COVID happened, I told Sandy that this is our time to shine. We're just going to go all out, all in, and whatever happens this year will happen. And and because of that, we're about to hit 200 interviews next. I mean, tomorrow. Which is crazy. I never thought we'd do 200 interviews in a year, much less in eight, in less than eight months. You know, and so right. and yeah. it's, and it's like even like we went to we we go to down to Jacksonville a lot of times to just to get away for a day, but even then I'm sitting there on the phone setting appointments and all that. We are we're always looking up for new artists to come on the show, and 
and setting appointments and all that. So no matter what, we feel what you're talking about because no matter what we're doing, we're still doing something with the Chris and Sandy show to a degree. A hundred percent. I've, you know, I've been on, I haven't been on, me and my wife went on a vacation, uh, I guess it was probably two years ago now. And that's the only vacation I've been on in about the past probably six years or five years. Wow. Um, because wow. I mean, man, there is, you're working all the time. And yeah. even when you're on vacation, luckily we were on a cruise. So my phone, I cut my phone completely off, but, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Even even when you're on vacation, man, there's there's stuff to be done because there's so much going. There's so much work that goes into this moment that prepares mm-hmm. you for the moment a year from now. Exactly. So you're laying the foundation for that, so the work never stops. And I love how deep you're getting with this because again, I, the, I bring this up on every every episode because I want people. I want, first off, fans to understand there's way more than the glory behind a Blake Shelton, way more than that that goes on. Then on top of that, I want artists who are thinking about this being a possible career to really think about this before they cross that line. Because, again, once you cross that line, either you go all in or you keep it as a hobby. There is no in-between on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to go all in. Like, if you're gonna do it as a career, you have to go all in, or it's not gonna work. I mean, that's that's part of it. You can like try to chase it as a career, mm-hmm. but if you're not willing to sacrifice everything, then it'll it'll never work. Because I mean, that's what it takes. Because the next person in line is going to go all out and sacrifice everything. So like, mm-hmm. when you're competing against, I say competing, but like, um, yeah, it's not really competition, but you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, you're up against artists that are also trying to do the same thing as you that are going all in and working mm-hmm. their tails off. There's no time for you to slack, you know. Yeah, I definitely get that. That's right. Now that we talked about the sacrificial side of it, um, let's go about what where all this leads to the glory side. So when you look at your career so far. What are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? I'm sure the number one is one of those moments. Having the number one, I mean, that's definitely a big moment. I I had my celebrated my first number one this year as a songwriter. I uh, wrote a song called Homemade for Jake Owen. And wow. I love that, that I mean, song. That's definitely one of those moments. Thank you so much. I, that's one of those songs. Or that's one of those moments for me for sure. Playing the uh, playing, I played two nights to a sold out crowd at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. Oh wow! That's wow. that's one of those yeah. moments. Um, for me, get, even just getting to play the Ryman, I mean, what a moment! There, I mean, there's there's multitudes of those moments, and and it's so crazy is because those, especially when they're out on the road and you're playing a show, like if it's a big show or something, you know, um, mm-hmm. getting up. I got to open for Willie Nelson one time, and he invited me on stage. I sang with him. Oh, wow. That's one of those moments. <laughs> but like, what's funny is when you're out on the road playing those shows. Those shows. I mean, you're on stage, or at least me as an opener, I'm on stage anywhere from 30 minutes to 75 minutes, 75 if I'm a headliner or whatever. Um, That's not a lot of time in a day. (laughs) So you have to soak in every minute of that, even from the time you pull in the the drive and, you know, the work begins just loading into the stage or whatever. I mean, you have to soak in every moment of that because – they don't, it don't you know it don't last forever those moments so you can you can look back on them and, and say man that was what a moment that was but to be able to really dive in and relish in, relish in that moment it's just you have to take it all in I love that because I think in this day and time a lot of times people they they look for just the big moments but I think every moment can be that moment because every little mm-hmm. moment actually leads to those big moments. Here's a here's a good example of, of, or a, mm-hmm. a way to say it. When a fan comes to a show, okay, yeah, they come to that show. Say it's on a Friday night. Man, they're going to talk about they're going to talk about that show for the whole next week. And us as artists, <laughs> we will talk about that show. T- we'll talk about that show too. Yeah, but uh, but mm-hmm. when we get done yeah. playing that show on Friday night, our mind then has to get geared to do it all again on Saturday night. So we. Mm-hmm. We've now taken that energy of focusing on the Friday night show, 
and now we're focusing on this Saturday night show. So it's like it's so easy to just let those moments get by you, and you yeah, know, that's something that you know we all could probably work better at, you know, living in those moments. I really love that, and that's a great analogy because again, you know, I love how you talked about the soaking up of the moments because. That is so powerful because, again, you know, it doesn't matter what career you have. I think sometimes people forget that because, you know, I mean, there are people that are big surgeons and big doctors, and they're working just as you – know, they're working 70, 80, 90 hours a week too, and they forget those moments too. I think, I think as humans, we tend to forget the, those precious moments that we could never get back. Oh, absolutely. I mean I see people all the time. They're like, man, I saw you back in February of 2020 at – you know, in Des Moines, Iowa, or wherever it's at, and I'm uh, like, yeah, I, I think I was there. I, I kind of remember that, you know, and so it's because there's been so many since that moment, and it's not that that wasn't a good show. It's just that there's been so many since then, you know? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just like, you know, we've interviewed 190, you're our 197th interview, so of course, to a degree, we remember a lot of the interviews, but not, yes. not every interview we're going to fully remember what was said, but we exactly. do remember. I, I couldn't, like, if I, if I asked you who was your 27th interview, you might, I'd you, never, you could probably go look it up, but you, I don't know if you'd be able to tell me off the top of your head. Nope, wouldn't. I, I could, you know, <laughs> no. just like a lot, a lot of the yeah, interviews, I couldn't tell you what said, but there are, but there are moments. That changed yeah, directions. That, 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 you know, mm-hmm. like I remember when we brought Anna Christina Cash on. I'll never forget her because her interview changed the whole direction of the show because once she came on, because of her being married to John Carter Cash, that then brought on Carlene Carter, which then brought on Jenny Gill, which then brought on Taylor Lynn, which also brought on Georgette Jones. So here we are, all these legacy kids coming on the show that started from Anna Christina Cash. And yeah. that was a moment that I'll never forget because it was the it was, I believe that was one of the biggest game changers for our show so far. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely those there's definitely those defining moments that project the the outcome of the career path or whatever, and you know you'll never forget those. Yeah, <clears throat> and right. yeah, perfect time. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to play your song while you're gone, and then we're going to talk about that. How that sounds. Sounds great. Hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Sitting on a tailgate by the lake Watching the sun go down And this lucky strike buzz Got me betting you're missing me bad right now I ain't heard from you now Or seen you around in two or three weeks I can't tell if the joke's on you, girl Or if the joke's on me Yeah, while you're out there looking for some kind of brand new start I'll just be kicking it with this B-P-P-B-R You're gonna come back with your backpack missing 
drinking a beer, baby, while you're gone. how that song came together and who wrote wrote it with you and all that so i wrote that song with my good buddy jameson rogers um mississippi boy and we wrote that <laughs> I think it was probably two two or three years ago now and i, mm-hmm. I tell a lot of people so i grew up on 90s and 2000s country music and i love the stories yeah. that they tell in those songs and i think that's what yeah. drew me to Mm-hmm. To country music is is the stories that that they were yeah. telling those songs. So every time I sit down to write, I, I try to figure out, you know, how how do I tell this story as far as this idea goes? And so I think we just me and Jameson both just kind of lived in that '90s and 2000s moment for a minute and tried to channel that in that song. So you know, I, I love the story of that song about this guy who just. This girl's going off to chase a dream or whatever she's doing, and and he he truly thinks that he was what was best for her, and that one day she's going to come back. But you know he's just going to sit there until he dies if he keeps waiting around because she's really not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like the male ego, right? Yep, you got it. <laughs> uh, it yeah, it, it definitely has that 90s feel to that, I tell you. It does. I love that. That's why I grew up listening to as well. <clears throat> yeah, it don't get any better than that for me. <laughs> True. <laughs> so so as, as you know, when fans see you or Blake or it doesn't matter who it is, they see the artist. They don't see the people behind them, the team, the PR people, the managers, producers, any of that. And I don't think the team ever gets enough love, to be honest with you. So I always like to give an yeah. artist an opportunity to kind of talk about their team. So if you want to tell us a little bit about the people that help you be who you are. Yeah, so um, my publishing company is a company called River House. It was started by a lady named Lynn Oliver, and she heard me play at a songwriter's round, and the very next week she called me and said, <laughs> hey, I would love to – I just started this publishing company. I'd, I'd love to um, 
meet with you and, and see if you if you'd like to come join us or whatever. So we met, ended up signing a publishing deal with her. So she handles all of my anything, I, all my songwriting, and um, her and her team, Zeb Lusker, he works under her. He's my direct person there. So that's on my publishing side as far as songwriting goes. And then my management um, is a guy named Chris Cappy at Make Weight Artist. He he and uh, Jared Holly, they both manage me and take care of, you know, they're the ones that get in my calendar and put everything in my calendar. Here's what you got to do today. Here's what you got to do this week, all that kind of stuff. Man, I, my life would be a total train wreck without those guys because <laughs> I'm <clears> – <throat> I'm very forgetful sometimes, so if it's not in my mm-hmm. calendar, and I've and I've learned to rely on my calendar. You know, it took me yeah. a long time to even get mm-hmm. to that point. So now I, you know, the day before I'll look in my calendar, see what I have the very next day, and then that morning, look and see what all I have and the times for it and that kind of thing. And it just, man, it my it would be absolutely crazy without them. They handle everything as far as getting my music out there. You know, setting up meetings with all the, you know, playlists and that kind of thing. So they handle booking all my shows, or I have an agent at CAA. They handle booking my shows, but with CAA and my management, we kind of figure out, you know, what's the best what's the best way to play these shows, when to mm-hmm. do them, you know, the routing and all that, all that stuff yeah. that I just have no idea about. So, man, I, I just – I have a great team around me. Uh, 117 Media is my PR team, and it's just been great, man. I, I couldn't be more blessed to have the folks around me that I have. We're just a big family, and every, mm-hmm. it's always felt right, which is – that's something I've always lived by. It's just if it feels right in your heart, that's – you know, that's where you need to be. And it's just always yeah. been easy and always felt right, so – I love I love that because again you know a lot of people they try to force things that don't feel mm-hmm. right and then they regret absolutely. that down the road. Yep, abs- absolutely. Yeah, there's there's been no regret no regret here. <laughs> Definitely, you know I love that again. You know, like you said earlier in the show, you have to you didn't want what if. You know that's how I wanted. You know I've always been one of them type people too, where I would rather die broke trying. Then uh, live my rest of my life wondering what if, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, and it's and it goes for me, man. I I didn't. I've, I've had this the dream to do this for mm-hmm. a long time. It didn't really come to fruition until I was in my early twenties when I decided, okay, I'm definitely going to try to do this. But it has been a dream of mine for a long time, and I didn't mm-hmm. want to one day have kids. Um, I I didn't want to be able to look, have to look at my daughter and say. Hey, you know, you should chase your dreams, and then her look at me and say, "Well, Dad, you didn't chase yours, you know." Wow, so, oh, it was one mm-hmm. of those moments for me. Yeah, I I get that too because you know it's funny because see, Sandy's had this music dream of at least being somewhat in music in some way for years since she's a little girl. And oh yes, when we when we married almost eighteen years ago, I was one of these people that wanted to be a speaker. I listen to motivational audios all I did not listen to music. I listen to audios all day. She listens to music all day. So we get married and we had to learn to compromise really quick. And I always joke that she kinda brainwashed me in all this music stuff. But I'm all in now. <laughs> you know, I see the power but I see the power of music. But it's funny that all these years now, almost you know, October will be eighteen years married and here it is, we took many detours. We've probably launched over a hundred different businesses that all failed, <laughs> but we kept oh, trying yeah. this and kept trying that and kept trying that, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden we move into this whole music world. We found a way to combine my passion to speak some and her passion of music under one umbrella that we can do together. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's all about well, it's all about compromise, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but man. It, it goes back to what you said. If it's in your heart to do something and you can't see yourself doing anything else, that's what you have to go after. Um, and, and that's where we're for at. All the, you know, even yes. for all the dreamers out there, don't let anybody discourage you from, from doing anything you want to do. And at the same time, for the dreamers out there, this goes to the other side of those people. 
I encourage people not to discourage the dreamers from chasing their dream. Um, mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough that I was fortunate enough to have parents and friends and a team around me that encourages me to chase my dreams, and I think and a wife that encourages me to chase my dreams. And I'll tell you what, wow. it's, when we first moved, to, when I first moved to Nashville, I had been dating my wife a, uh, right at a year when I moved to Nashville, and I, mm-hmm. I she stayed home and I moved up here. Wow. And, she she believed in me enough to to um, understand what I was doing because I mean to the to an outsider man it's hard to understand what somebody who has a dream of doing I mean the music business yeah. it's a crazy business and it's not an everyday it's not not everybody does it so it's hard yeah. to look at it and yeah. say, you know that's awesome everybody wants to say that's awesome but it, at the same time it really don't make sense so you know for anybody out there <laughs> that's that, true that, that's that has the dream to do it, understand there is a lot of sacrifice. Um, but mm-hmm. if you can't see yourself doing anything else, then you have to, and you have to do it, then you just go for it. And, and you know, you're talking about the whole, um, don't, if you know people who are trying to chase their dream, don't put them down. That's so important. Um, I've got friends of mine that are, say, 10, 15 years in their career, and I'm talking not artists or anything like that, but in their regular, their traditional careers. And they're miserable, and you sit down with some of them, and, and you're like, you know, you've got this great, you got this great lifestyle, you got this great family. Um, how can you be miserable? You got this gr- awesome career, and then some of them will stop you and say, the career's the problem, and and then you have to ask, well, how is the career the problem when you went to six years of college or however long it was for that? And then then that they then they have to get honest. Some of them. And I've, ha- I've had yeah. people tell me this. Well, oh, to be honest with you, this is not really what I wanted to do. My parents or my guidance counselor or my friends, whoever it is, guided yeah. me this way because this is where the money was. And now they're living a misery yeah. life. Yeah, I, I think it, man, you have to do what you want to do. I mean, you have to be – you have to do whatever makes you happy. You know, sometimes – it don't it don't pay a lot to do that, but if it's what makes you mm-hmm. happy, that's what's most important. Sometimes it yeah. you can get lucky and it, it can make you a lot of money, um, but at the same time, it's a double edged sword because I mean a lot of my <laughs> friends look at what I do and they're like, man, that's so cool that you get to do all this stuff, but yet I see all my friends back home. I see all my friends back home hanging out on the lake or you know uh-huh. doing whatever that is. And I'm like, man, I, at the same time, I would love to be hanging out with you guys doing those things. So there's uh-huh. a part of it's, it's definitely a double edged sword. <laughs> exactly. And so you, you spoke of your parents really behind you. I love that. Tell us, a, and you probably got a ton of these stories. So just kind of think of one that stands out, but tell us a parent story where they went above and beyond on something that has to do with your music business. And you were like, wow, they really do get, that this is my passion. Yeah, I mean, I grew up singing in church, and that's kind of where this all started for me around the age of 12, I guess. Mm-hmm. I started singing in mm-hmm. church and started traveling around, or started singing in church, and then I asked my parents, I was like, hey, all these people that come to our church and sing, and they travel all over, and I do that. Is there a way, mm-hmm. you know, how do we do that? And mm-hmm. I mean, there's no questions asked. My parents, they went and bought me, you know, my first guitar, my first wow. speaker, like sound, my sound equipment that we would haul around and travel in the back <laughs> of – put in the back of an expedition and travel all over the southeast doing that. And there was oh, never wow. a question about, you know, what the sacrifice was. And, like, looking back, yeah. I mean, I'm 28 years old now and have my own daughter now. So, like, I understand the sacrifices that they made because, I mean – my, they would get off work on Friday, and we would hit the road, and we would be gone all weekend, traveling all over the southeast to different churches. So, and 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 then I didn't realize, you know, what all they were doing. Like I had no idea. It just it seemed it felt it was seemed normal, you know. Yeah. Um, it didn't seem like they mm-hmm. were doing anything different than my friends' parents, but they were just going way <laughs> above and beyond what I was asking of them. And I mean, I, I owe love, yeah. all of this to my parents because they never. They never discourage wow. me from doing this. I love stories like that because you don't always hear stories like that, but I love when we do. Right. You know? No, man. I, <clears throat> and, I mean, I've, 
there's there's tons of people out there who have been discouraged by you know parents, grandparents, you know relatives, whatever that was, you know. Yeah. And fortunately, I I didn't. I mean, I would not. I wouldn't have a number one if it wasn't for my parents doing that. I mean, because I would have been so discouraged, <laughs> I, would have, I would still be stuck in Covington, yep. Georgia. I guess working at the hospital, maybe digging ditches or cutting grass or something. I love that. That is awesome. Yeah. You know, and I can tell that you're definitely into family and family man and all that. We're saying what you know. Our we kind of consider our show like a family affair, and we have an eight year old boy that we always bring on and ask one question to each artist, and he loves this. So Sandy's going to get her mom in, in a minute. And, you know, we got a 17-month-old daughter, and when she gets old enough, we'll be plugging her into the show too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Getting them ready. I heard that. <laughs> you know, got to okay, prepare. Okay, here's, here's Christopher with his question. All right. What's your favorite food? What's my what? Favorite food. My favorite food. Probably chicken tenders, honestly. <laughs> and what's yours look like? Chicken tenders, fries, and chicken yeah. tenders, fries, and honey mustard. Oh wow! And what's yours look like? Pizza. That's my that might be my wife's favorite, and I always get in <laughs> trouble when I say this, but I'm I've never been much of a pizza fan. <laughs> oh wow! This is almost <laughs> un-American. Which is almost <laughs> <American>. that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Bye, thanks. <laughs> yeah, he, now he could eat pizza all day long if we let him. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> so, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Oh, I I would love to write a song with uh, Keith Whitley. <laughs> If I had the chance, my my answer for anything like that is the answer is always Keith Whitley. Uh, oh, wow. He is somebody yeah. that I think I think he set a precedent for country music, and mm-hmm. I, I don't there there will never be any another Keith Whitley. But he just he was so unique and he was so such mm-hmm. himself, um, and just the way he would he could tell a story just yeah. man, just incredible to me and I, I think I would definitely pick him that is really awesome <clears throat> now this past February made the five year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years I always like to tell this story before I ask that same question to the artists we're interviewing because I want them to kind of think about where they're going um, the answer she gave us five years ago, before pe- people, before she was Kelsey, uh, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Um, the answer she gave us then was almost to the T of what she's living now. So I always like to tell that story because a lot can happen in five years. So where do you want to be in five years? In five years, man, I would love to to be traveling the world, touring, playing music. At a capacity where my, you know, my wife and my kids could could come out on the road with me. Um, That'd be awesome. I I think that would that's the ultimate goal for me because you know right now they don't get to travel with me when I travel so that would be the ultimate goal is to be able to live this life with my family um, because there again there's a lot of sacrifice and right now yeah. the sacrifice for me is when mm-hmm. I play out on the road is leaving them at the house so I would. I would love to be touring um, on a big level. I, I mean, the, the goal for me is to, I mean, sell out stadiums. I mean, I think that's what yeah. everybody dreams of. So yeah. to do that yeah. and, and to stay true to myself, always, mm-hmm. you know, always play what I consider, what what I, I say I, I like to write songs that I would want to ride around in my truck and listen to. So I think yeah. to just stay consistent in that and, mm-hmm. yeah, just, Reach for the stars. I love that. Now, as we look into more of the future, let's whether it's five years down the road, ten years down, the road, let's say that um, everything you want happens and you're and you're a big success. Um, if who you are now could meet your future self, what would you tell him? If who I am now could meet my future self, what would I tell them? 
See, I like I to go the it, other way. You know, you know, everybody always says, "Who would you tell? What would you tell your past self?" I, I like to go to the future. Yeah. Well, I would. I would hope that I would be able to tell myself, "Good job." Um, you know, you worked. You worked hard for all this. And just look at you know look at what you've done. I mean, that, that would be the ultimate goal for me is to be able to you know just say, "Man, the hard work paid off." I know. It was, yeah. I know it was hard, you know, but look at look at where look at how far you've come, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> I love that. And staying on advice type thing, um, let's say you had a friend of yours, and let's say that you heard him or her sing, and they, there is definitely something special there. You you see it. <clears throat> and let's say that they played maybe forty, fifty shows so far, so they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. But they've gotten on stage, and they've got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd. Crowd's roaring at them, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say, Drew, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? I would tell them to get to know everybody that they could possibly know. I think that that's the biggest thing about as far as moving to Nashville when I did, uh, mm-hmm. is getting to know, and it's something my granddad told me years ago. He said, get to, he told me, he said, he he knew, it seemed like my granddad never met a stranger, and it seemed like every person yeah. that I ever saw him talk to already had met him once in their life before. And he told yeah. me, he said, get to know everybody that you can know, because one day you might need them, and one day they might need you. And if you can help them out, then you should help them out. And if they can mm-hmm. help you out, hopefully they can help you out. So I would tell somebody just get to know as many people as you can possibly know um, and just work your butt off. <clears throat> you know, it's funny as you talk about the that he didn't know a stranger. You know, in the 17 years that my wife and I have been married, all through the years, uh, we'd, we would be out on the street, and I'd run into somebody. And I'm not talking about people I know. Just a stranger, and a, and a conversation would start. And if we get two to three, maybe five minutes in, Sandy would almost roll her eyes because she would already know we're there 60 minutes. There's no change in that. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> when, <laughs> any, many times. When, when I get to talking, <laughs> it just, we just keep talking and talking and talking. And I've done that thousands and thousands of times in the 17 years we've been married. But here's the funny part. Sin and I had no idea, and we kind of joke about this now, but we had no idea that that was in preparation for what we're doing now. Oh, absolutely. Because it, I do crazy not see the way that mm-hmm. it's, cr- it's crazy the way that things just work out, and and mm-hmm. how kind of God God prepares our footsteps and mm-hmm. our the path, and and we have no idea that He's preparing us for that moment when He is. Yeah, because there's nobody could convince me God didn't bring all this together for us. And even even with all those conversations, if you took away those conversations, I don't think I could hold a 60 minute conversation with these with people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> had a lot of practice. Lots of practice. Yeah. Not, not again. Not, not and, and I always joked years ago. I was like, man, if I could just get paid to talk. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting paid yet to talk, but you know what? It's kind of, we believe that the show will eventually grow and we'll have sponsors. Mm-hmm. So, so in a way, I will get paid to talk and interview. That'd be cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think you know when you're when you're living your dream, it's it's incredible. When you can get paid to live your dream, it's it's even, even better, even better. <laughs> <I think. laughs> So as you know, as an artist, as up and coming and all that, there are other artists that you personally know that a lot of people probably don't – that's never heard of. So who are one or two artists that people should know? Uh, first one comes to mind is a girl named Ashlyn DeCraft. Hmm. I think she's an – I think she is an absolute superstar. Um, she's a She's a newer artist here in Nashville. And then – Take another one. There's a guy named Wyatt McCubbin. Um, he's an Indiana an Indiana boy, 
and mm-hmm. you could find both of them on you know Instagram, YouTube, that kind of thing. But yeah, I would say go look up both of those. Both of those. I love that, uh, folks. <clears throat> so as we come to a close here, I always fin- I always like to finish with the same qu- exact question: What is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Oh man, that's a good question. I think maybe that question. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> ask me what I wish yeah. you would ask. No, um, <laughs> man, I that's a tough, that stumped me right there. Yeah. And, and and you know something? The crazy thing is, a lot of times when an artist does have a because usually they say we covered it all, which is good. We love to hear that. But every now and then, they will come up with a question, and I'm like, okay, that's on my sheet. I just didn't get, you know, because a lot of times, you know, I'm watching the clock for each artist, so I'm usually get this usually right on sixty, but fifty, sixty minutes somewhere in there, and I I try to keep, you know, because I tell always tell the PR people sixty minutes, so I try to keep that on track, and so sometimes as we're going through my little questions that I have, okay, I have to make start making decisions. Um, depending on how the conversation is going, okay, I don't need to ask that one, don't need to ask that one. And usually the question that they say that they wish people would ask is a question that I left off that I usually do ask. (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, Man, dude, I I really wish I had an answer for that because I really don't know. I feel like you did – we covered it all, I feel like. Well, you know, and that's how we like to – here, you know, again, we built our we built our show around that one question. Um, like, yeah. like one of the questions, one of my favorite questions was I asked you um, what's unusual. But see, like, I, I change it for women. Like, like I remember um, we asked Francelle that question back about seventy, eighty episodes, or maybe may even been a hundred now episodes back. Probably was, like, way back. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. she said, "I just wish somebody would ask what's quirky about me." So what I've done was for we love that one so much that we we ask women what they what quirky and we ask men what's unusual because I don't think a man wants to hear what's quirky about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, you're, you're absolutely one hundred percent correct about that. <laughs> I mean, the answers yes. are basically still the same. I mean, we're asking the same yeah, question, just just different words. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand percent. So, if you want to tell everybody how they can reach out to you, you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Drew Parker Plays, Twitter at Drew Parker Plays, Facebook um, at Drew Parker. Uh, go list, stream my stuff on Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, all those good places. And you can check out my website for when we start playing shows again. Uh, you can check out my website at DrewParkerMusic.com. Love that. So we really enjoyed having you on the show today, and we definitely look forward to having you back down the road. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Thanks for having me. All right, we look forward oh, to it, and we'll time. talk to you later. Sounds good. See you. All right, bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>